Good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's October 9th, Indigenous Peoples Day, okay, 2023. We have a lovely show for you today with three finalists for National Principal Year from NASSP. This is going to be terrific. We're going to talk to them about their experience as principals, what they, how they've made the changes, what what they feel is the best things they've learned from being principals over the course of time. And look where they are now. They're all finalists for national principal of the year, again, through the national association of secondary school principals. We were away last week. We're back now. Okay. Had a lovely vacation, staycation for the most part. And um, had a lot of friends in from out of town, et cetera, et cetera, up here in Maine. Don't look at all the leaves. So it's nice to be back with you. Just as nice to, to, uh, to take them around and show them all the beautiful spots here in New England as, uh, as as fall happens here, which, as you all know, is absolutely beautiful. And people come up here to do that. We call you leaf peepers, and we hope everybody comes up and enjoys the beautiful scenery up here. I'm going to invite you to go over to ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education, ace-ed.org. We just put a new issue of our magazine equity and access up there it's a really nice issue i hope you take the time to go over there everything we do is free over there you don't have to sign up or anything although if you'd like to join our consortium for equity you have to, again you're welcome to do that again everything is free uh, this podcast and all the podcasts we've ever done and all the ones in the future are will be are or will be archived over at ed.org. we got a ton of information over there as well as a lot of information regarding our excellence and equity awards for people who work in K-12, pre-K-12. So please check it all out again, ace-ed.org. And I am just thrilled to have the, I'm clicking here, our three guests with us today. Ladies first, as always, Kimberly, are you there? I am. Hello. Hi, Kimberly. Call me Larry and welcome to the show. Okay, so let's try it again. Good morning, Kimberly. Good morning, Larry. How are you? Well done, and a beautiful job as a principal. That's what principals do. We welcome people to our schools, right, Kim? Yes, absolutely. There you go. Okay, <laughs> you're principal of Marley Middle School in Glen Burnie, Maryland. Okay, and again, yes. congrats. You're a finalist for National Principal of the Year. I'm going to do this with each of you. Kim, just quickly tell us about Marley Middle School. Sure. Um, we are a really large um in kind of right exactly in between Annapolis and Baltimore. Oh, um, wow. We have you. a lot. We have, um, yep, yeah, I'm here. We yep, have that's... a challenged population of students um, who I think we're about 73% farms. Um, so we have uh, three grade levels. We have, um, you know, some great structures in place for our students to learn how to play school because even with the past couple years from COVID, we're still um, needing refreshers and reminders. (laughs) Um, But we've had a great start to our school year this year. Um, We are off and running and making progress already with attendance, behavior, and uh, academics. So we're excited for the school year. Uh, As well, you should be. And you said a word I didn't understand. Did you say that you were – you said you were 70, 73% something, and I couldn't understand um, that word. Um, free and reduced meal Thank you. for students, yes. Well, I, I've never heard that acronym, FARMS, before. So yeah. thank you for a new acronym. That's what education yeah. needs, as we all know, is a new acronym. Okay, yeah. free and reduced meals. I love it. Most people say free and reduced lunch. Okay, that's why I didn't understand it. So thank yeah. you for clearing that up, Kimberly. I, by the way, uh, the three of you, Andrew and Sham, 
I, I feel like I'm Bert Parks, the old Miss America pageant, asking you to, uh, you know, do all these things as, as the finalists. And only, I, and, and I know Andrew is not going to win the swimsuit competition. Am I correct, Andrew? You are correct. <laughs> Andrew Farley, everybody from Wisconsin, Brookfield, right outside of Milwaukee, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, that's right. Good morning. Thanks, Larry, for the opportunity. Um, we are a suburb of Milwaukee, just the city over here in Brookfield, Wisconsin, southeastern corner of Wisconsin. I am yep. the principal at Brookfield East High School, which is a ninth through 12th grade high school. Uh, just over 1,400 kids. Our mission oh, is our commitment to academic and human excellence, and we are a part of the Elmbrook School District that encompasses the cities of Brookfield and Elm Grove here uh, in Wisconsin. I get it, Elmbrook. I got it. Okay, congratulations, man. It sounds yeah. great. Again, congratulations on on being principal. Uh, I meant to ask uh, Kimberly this, but Andrew, what's the team name? What's what's your team school mascot? We are the Spartans. The Spartans and Kimberly. Does Marley have a, have a mascot? Yep, we're the Mustangs. The Mustangs, the Spartans and the Mustangs. Sham, Sham, Sham Bevel. Okay. Hello. Um, hey, Larry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the play by the <laughs> Bayside Sixth. This is cool. Bay, uh, Bayside Sixth Grade Campus. I, that's a new one on me in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sham, mm-hmm. tell us about Bayside. Sham Bevel, everybody. Up, up for National Principal of the Year. Yes, well, thank you so much for having me, Larry. So, oh, yes, you're Bayside, <laughs> Bayside Sixth Grade Campus is a unique school because we are an only sixth grade um, campus. So we only have sixth graders. We have about 315 <laughs> sixth graders running around our school. Um, and so we actually are located in Virginia Beach. We are part of Virginia Beach City Public Schools. Nice. Um, we have about 12% students with um, disabilities, um, learning disabilities, and minority population, uh, about 60% African American, 17% Hispanic. Um, and we are about 68% free and reduced meals um, identified by the community eligibility provision. Um, and so our school supports research that states the power of a smaller, more intimate school environment allows for smaller class sizes That's and it. enables teachers and administrators to build stronger relationships. Um, here at Bayside 6, we believe in excellence without excuses, and we are the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Go Raiders, go Spartans, go Mustangs. That's all I can say to all of you, okay? Yeah. It's, it's good, and it, it, it's, it's fun, et cetera. And I'm just curious about one thing, Jim. Uh, they have sixth grade, which I, I never heard of this before. Are the other grade levels broken out by school, or how? what happens in fifth and below yeah. and seventh and above? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Well, we call it our sister campus. Um, we have Bayside Middle School, and they actually house the seventh and eighth graders. Huh, I never heard of this before. Andrew, have you ever heard of this one? Andrew, sixth grade campus? Did you ever hear that one? Andrew? No. No, I haven't. Well, it's under it, Kim. Maybe you have. You're close to that. No, it's unique. Yeah, we, we all of our schools here in Anne Arundel County Public Schools in the middle area are all considered middle schools, so they're six, seven, and eight. 
Wow, mm-hmm. incredible. I, I got to tell you, every, everything changes out there, and that's a good thing. You know, get smaller mm-hmm. size. That's, in there. that's very interesting to me. Okay, mm-hmm. we're celebrating National Principals Month, and we're celebrating it with three National Principal of the Year finalists. Good luck to each of you. I feel like Ken Jennings on Jeopardy. Only one of you can win. <laughs> You know, so Thank good you. luck to all of you. You know, like, right, please answer from now on in the form of a question. I'm not only kidding. Don't do that. Okay. Jim, let me go, let me go with you. Okay. Okay. How okay. long have you been a principal? How long have you been a principal, ma'am? Um, a little over three now. A little over three years. Okay. Yeah, you come I'm in, you're a, a principal. You're still, you're, you're still a baby, but that, these are the years <laughs> of great development for babies. Yeah. Okay. They do incredible. They triple their size, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So uh, t- tell me, well, you know, what have you learned, okay? Your leadership style, it starts one way. You came on, obviously, in the middle of the pandemic, okay? Mm-hmm. Talk to, yeah. talk about, again, not like you're the, the finalist for Miss America or anything, but talk about how you, what your style was like and how it has changed, if it has. What you've learned over three years. And by the way, Andrew and Kim, I'm going to ask you the same question, okay? But let's start with Shem. Well, um, I believe since the pandemic, I have learned really how to balance the wellness of staff and students and wow. instruction. So I believe I have more of like a relational leadership style, um, and that's what really helps me to stand nice. out. It's relational versus instructional. Um, I definitely take time to build the strong relationships with my school family and even those who support our school family. Um, and while I've always been able to like to actively listen and have empathy for others, I've evolved um, on my ability to understand and identify, um, you know, my staff's individual strengths and needs. So I do believe my ability to build and lead a collaborative and supportive learning environment has also helped me to stand apart. Um, I believe the transformation of our school into a supportive and trusting culture has led to positive student outcomes, and that Good. probably has been the most impactful, you know, to me being a finalist. Right, and, and again, congratulations on that. And all that is really important. And although every principal always believed in a relationship with their staff, okay, mm-hmm. which you said yeah. at the beginning of that comment, mm-hmm. wellness has changed. Mm-hmm. Okay, because of the pandemic, everybody's mm-hmm. hurting. We've got, as you all know, we got teacher retention problems. We have mm-hmm. fewer people coming into teaching, and hence we cannot afford to lose them. All right, right. And, and, and it's it's changed everything. Uh, yes. I don't think I'm 500 years old. It changed everything. Okay, yes. and it's just so important to recognize this, Mr. Farley, over at Brookfield East. Okay. Talk about how long you've been principal. I shouldn't say it that way. Andrew, how long have you been a principal? Okay. Yeah, how long things my, changed since you started? Go ahead. Yeah, this is my 11th year as principal at Brookfield East. And prior to that, I was an administrator in an area high school for a year. And then prior to that, I taught uh, social studies. Ah, um, me too. U.S. history, world history, AP psychology, current issues for 12 years. So, Good man. And actually, I have to say something. One of the interesting things, and I, I think everybody knows this, but teacher, social studies teachers, of which I was one, they're, they're very involved in, in the political situation. They, they understand the political situation that we're in. They have to teach that to kids. And that's tough. Okay, these are tough times right now. Kids, 
get learn from their parents, certainly from they watch the news too, etc. And the social studies teachers bring something a little deeper that I believe, if I may, than others do. And you bring that to the principalship, okay? In this day and age, eleven years—that's uh, you know—that's a long time back. Andrew, what's changed since you started? And how's how's your social studies teaching, okay, affected that? Which I bet it has. Yeah, it's great questions. I would echo what Sham mentioned in her response. I think um, when we talk about wellness and wellness of students and staff, like we've really prioritized the mental health side. Right now at Berkeley yeah. East, we have a squad training going on right now, which is about 50 peer-nominated leaders between grades 9 through 12 here at East that are the front lines of they've been identified by the peers that they are go-to people for students that are in need of help or support, wow. especially good mental health support. It's a program that originated in Utah, and it's been a game changer for our school. And these are the most amazing student leaders, and they do amazing work here at East. And there's a we're a two high school town. Brookfield Central has a Hope Squad too, and they do amazing work within our entire community and region. Uh, that was very nice of you to talk so nicely about your rival school over there. I appreciate that. Don't root for them. <laughs> don't root for them on the game. Okay, whatever you do. Hey, Larry, I would also add. I, yeah. I'd also add to your question. I think how's your leadership style evolved over yeah. the years? I think. I think when you start in this role, you try and do everything and and yeah. anything. And yeah. I think we've gotten a lot better at focus what um, high-quality, high-impact instruction looks like in every classroom, um, school goals that are really targeted and really focused on reading, writing, and critical thinking. So I think we've, we've been able to really hyper-focus on what moves the needle the most from an instruction lens, and that's something that I think our entire staff uh, should be proud of. They, you're doing right. They should be proud of. And I know all three of you are doing great work in that area. And all three of you and basically pretty much every decent principal out there should be pretty proud of that. These are tough times. OK, these are tough times. OK, and I congratulate again all of you, not only for being principals in tough times, but getting this uh, nominations to be principal of the year. Kim, talk to me. How long have you been principal over there and what's changed since you started? Kim, Kim Winterbottom, excuse me, Winterbottom. Yeah, yeah. So this is my ninth year as principal here at Marley. I was a principal for two years prior to that at another Anne Arundel County school. Uh, assistant principal for six years prior, and I taught for a short wow. amount of time as a science teacher. So I've spent most of my career in the role as an administrator. Um, and since I've been here at Marley, uh, we had a lot of work to do. There really wasn't an area that didn't need to be um, considered or changed. So. We spent the time, just like my uh, esteemed colleagues have talked about, you know, building relationships. But here at Marley, one of the most important things that we have done is we've put tons of norms and structures in place for our students um, for good. them to know what expectations they needed to meet. And we they still want practice. That. They want that, by the way. They may yeah. not act it, but they want it. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and I feel that my goal as the principal has been to – um, take a lot of the guesswork off of the teacher's plate. For examples, you know, we use um, school-wide callbacks and voice levels, and we have um, tardy policies and discipline ladders, so we try to take a lot of the guesswork off of their plate so that they can focus on uh, instruction and best practices in the middle school classroom, um, which we focus a lot on collaborative uh, grouping 
teaching students not only how to work in groups, but also, you know, developing their social Good. skills has been Good. a great uh, asset or a great focus here at Marley. <clears throat> yeah, and that's that's all wonderful. And Kim, I'm going to ask again, or I'm going to take it down the other way now. Kim, I'm going to stick with you. If, if you can, and again, again, these days it's so hard. Everybody, whenever I talk to a principal or anyone, they're always saying there's not enough time in the day to get mm-hmm. everything done. And I, I, I know you guys feel the same way about it, and it's true. So, Kim, how do you – and this is important for principals who are listening and people who want to be principals all over the country. Okay, how do you structure your day? Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and Andrew, Sam, I'm going to ask you guys the same thing. How do you structure your day? to handle everything, because everything falls on your plate. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes it just comes down to just old tried and true, uh, you know, making sure that my calendar is up to date um, and making yeah. sure that, you know, I'm prepared for any meetings that I have with my agendas. Um, so I take a lot of initiative to be proactive. Um, again, just having stuff prepped and ready for the day. Um, but like you said, we cannot predict what's going to happen. So it's more also organizing at the end of the day if we weren't able to get through some things. And like Andy said, you know, as I'm in my 11th year as an administrator, we can't do it all, so we have to find what ways work best. Um, We have to find those other leaders who can take on some roles and responsibilities, um, whether they're formal leaders or not. Um, And I really do try to develop a distributed leadership opportunity uh, here at Marley. And one of my... Forte's as a leader has been to develop leaders. I have had 22 um, people be promoted to assistant principals under wow. my leadership wow. um, in yeah. some you know, direct capacity. So I feel that that's an area that I'm really good at is to you know give people some roles and responsibilities, give them support to be able to accomplish them, and then also knowing when it's time to just trust them and you know let them do some things on their own. <clears throat> It, it's so good. And by the way, don't get too friendly with Andrew and Sham because if it's a tie, it's going to be a cage match. Okay, so both of telling all three of you. Okay, just be careful with that. Okay, you don't want to get to know them too well. It's kind of like the gladiators in Spartacus. You don't want to get to know them well. Okay, yeah, no, your, your, your colleague. I think we're all rooting for each other. This has just been amazing. <laughs> I know you are. I, I know you are. Okay, Andrew, how's that? How's your day structure? Okay, you're you're a high school principal. Okay, how does your day structure out? Yeah, I think I would take out homecoming week because that's what we're navigating right now. So maybe separate that from the rest of the other. Good luck to the homecoming queen. Uh, Good luck to the homecoming queen. Yes, I think um, as Kim mentioned, I think we have big drivers of our time. I think teaching and learning is first and foremost. Um, Hmm. Right along that is building a culture where all kids thrive here, and um, so those go together. When we talk about academic and human excellence, that's a a mission that we believe in and we commit to every day in every one of our classrooms. As Kim mentioned, leadership development is hugely impactful. How are you building the leadership capacity, not only kids, but of adults in every classroom to serve as a leader, to, to, to see themselves as a solution and agent of change and Along with that, how do you create teams that are really impactful and move mountains for kids, even if they're not in front of you in their classroom? So we try and um, sort of dictate our day through those type of frames, teaching, learning, school culture, leadership development, and then transformational teams. 
Thank you. And it's, it's just, wow, leadership has changed. I got to tell you, and I got to ask you this, Andrew, before I go into the sham. When, when you were going for your education, I assume you have a degree in educational administration. I'm not sure of that. I don't know you that well. But let's assume yeah. that. Did they, did they teach you all of this stuff? Or, or is it kind of on the, did you feel it was more on the job? Yeah, Andy. I, I, I love the role of principal because every day is different than the previous day. Every year is different. Every student is different. Every situation is different. So there's no mastering the principalship. And I, I sort of love that belief that you as a lead learner for your school constantly are learning and leading every day. And I make more mistakes around here than anybody. So the idea that um, you're just committed to getting better every day than yep. yesterday, that constant growth, and sort of give you yourself that grace behind that. But to answer your question, Larry, there's 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 little training that's that's possible for the role of principalship. It's it's a yeah. doing, it's a role, it's a leading through failure, it's a learning through failure, it's a learning to get better every day. That truly, um, I think, is important in this role. Yeah, and I'll tell you, you said there that you've made mistakes. Uh, that's good, okay? That's how we learn. We make mistakes. Failure's good, and the kids have to understand that, okay, as, as well yeah, as every teacher. Just, we move yeah, forward. Yeah, I, I agree with mistakes. that. I was, one, of, one of the goals I have every day is to be in 10 classrooms every day. And just at the end oh, of last good. week, I was in a Spanish 2 classroom where students are expected to speak for two minutes in the native tongue, and the teacher said, it's not about perfection, it's about communication. I thought, what an amazing message for students not to chase points or gather grade, but to learn through the process of learning, which we're, we're trying to build in every classroom. So I agree That's with that. That's good. And, and you just reminded me many thousands of years ago when I was in 10th grade, Miss Tesler, my Spanish teacher, had us do something like that. And I wasn't very good in Spanish. And I stood up in front of the class, and I think Miss Tesler is still, many, many years later, trying to figure out what in the hell I said. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, but if, if you see Miss Tesler, tell her I'm sorry. Okay? And I love that. And it's great. And, you know, it's interesting. When I was in school, you know, nobody was flying all over the world. It was a long time ago. Today, the world is easy to get around to. Okay, and kids are going to interact not only in their home city, you know, it's so diverse, but everywhere all over the world. Oh, well, we're going to go to a destination wedding in Norway. Oh, okay, let's do it. Okay, and it's so important to have those foreign language and understand communication skills. I think it's, I think that's just great that you saw that. Okay, Sham, talk about your experience. Okay, like like they just did about what you've learned and how you spend your day. Was it's funny because you know I may plan how I'm going to spend my day, but a couple of things happen sometimes and that gets changed. But really? one thing that yeah for sure, <laughs> but one thing that I do know um, and I say it all the time is that I work for kids. Um, and so that is the structure of my day. Uh, I try to come in a little early to answer emails and, like, follow up Good. on phone calls. But the bulk of my day is spent in classrooms, in the cafeteria, wow. on the halls, you know, learning the kids' names and talking to my teachers. I, you know, start out the day by visiting each classroom to say good morning and just check in, you know, with everyone. But um, the majority of my day is just being visible, being present, you know, making sure. Like I tell the kids, you know I'm in yeah. everybody's business. I know everybody's business. That's what I tell the kids. And they're like, she does. I really do. Um, <laughs> 
Um, and then I do, like, all of the administrative duties that I need to do, I do at the end of the day once the kids are on the bus. You just can't do that during the day. Um, but, I mean, I'm easy to reach. You call me on the walk-in, I'm there on the fly, you know, and, and that's how my day goes. I just make sure that I'm, you know, there for the kids and staff, and I feel like that's what I'm doing all day long. Yeah, that, that, and, and, again, you both said, you all said this, it's, 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 it's visibility, mm-hmm. okay? The, the leader has to be seen, okay, to, to, mm-hmm. to, to lend a sense of propriety and all that sort of stuff to the school. I, I think that's very, it, it's just so important. So, Sham, let me go back up the other way here. So I'll mm-hmm. talk you first. If you had a, this is fun. If you had a name, kind of one moment that's sort of, wow, this is what it's like to be a principal, okay, and look how well I handled it. Do you have one of those? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of those, I, but I think, yeah, I think the one and, thing And talk that for I'll, a long time. That way Andy and Kim can, can do theirs, too. They'll have one, they'll have one ready. I couldn't okay, you're do the it. I love pig. them. You're I, the I, guinea pig I like for this them. One. Yeah. I like yeah. them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I like them a lot. Um, well, one thing that I that I think I'm extremely proud of and really made me kind of sit back like, wow, we we actually did that was um, when we earned the 2022 National ESEA Distinguished Award. Oh, um, nice. And that was because nice. of our educational um, achievement that we had that year. I mean, it was – we surpassed the expectations. Um, and so for me, it wow. was just kind of like a – perfect ending to all of the hard work that kind of went into it and and it was shocking and surprising but we earned it you know and i would say that that would be it we had um um 89 percent for math and reading which some might some people might be like oh 89 percent but when the year started only 30 percent of our kids were at reading grade level so to turn it around really? with those kind of student outcomes oh really yes larry <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! So, and I know. I mean, by the way, I, I live in Maine, and um, I get a lot of news from Massachusetts. And uh, Massachusetts, which, by the way, is considered one of the better states, if I may, for education. Mm-hmm. You know, just in the typical rankings. Okay, they're having a terrible time. Boston schools. Mm-hmm. They're having a time. That might be statewide. I think it's statewide with with getting kids to read. Okay, oh, and yeah. and reading scores. So it's it's oh, it's. Yeah. it's and I don't mean to make Massachusetts the shining star, but it's everywhere. Yeah, okay? for sure. You know, for and sure. it's, it's brutal. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You it know? is. And, wow. You know, and yeah. it's 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 so hard. What about you, Andy? What was your favorite moment? Your Andy's favorite moment. Go, Andy. Yeah, I um, thanks, Shan. I appreciate that. I um, I don't know if there's there's a lot of moments. You know, the interaction. Of course. The personal, the student growth, the teacher development interactions are always first and foremost. I think um, this year a, a huge celebration for the Brookfield East community was uh, being named a National Blue Ribbon School. Hey, and specifically being, thank huge. you, being identified as an exemplary achievement gap closing National Blue Ribbon School. So we're the only high school in Wisconsin, and we're, my understanding, only one of three high schools in the country to be wow. identified in that exemplary achievement gap category. So it just it's a true testament to our teachers and educators about stretching the talent development in every classroom and every content area to create rigorous learning experiences. And I think along those lines, one amazing statistic here, Larry, is our graduating class last year, 99% took at least one college credit, credit coursework while at Brookfield East. And that's great. We know the research, That's great. Yeah, we know the research on post-secondary success is tied to 
post-secondary readiness at the high school level. And I'm right. so grateful for our staff for encouraging all students to access rigorous coursework and succeed within that class. I will give my usual speech. Kids demand rigor. And I don't care who that kid is. They want a rigorous education. They will rise to the occasion. You treat them like morons, they're going to act like morons. Okay, you treat them with respect and rigor, and you three certainly know this, as does most of my audience. Those kids will rise to the occasion. I don't care what kids they are. Okay, I'm yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's the way you do it. Okay, agreed. Yeah, to respect themselves, to respect their teachers and their community. That's that's what we got to do. Yeah, we talked a lot about warm commanders. So the ability to build strong relationships, but then leverage those relationships to take the ceilings off of student learning to um, do amazing learning opportunities and experiences that maybe they didn't think they could see themselves doing. So that yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's our job to be the leaders in that kind of thing. And Kim, before we, I ask you the same question about that magic moment, I, I forgot to ask you because your school is obviously, I think named after someone, Marley, am I right? Marley? Uh, Marley is actually a, it's an area. It's a, it's like oh. a part of Glen Burnie. There's like Marley Creek. So it's ah, not there a, you go. an area. <laughs> yeah. Cause I always like to ask people if it's like Joe Jones middle school, I always ask, well, who was Joe Jones? Why'd they name a school for him? Okay. And I've actually run into some people who don't know. Okay. Cause it was somebody from long ago or whatever the case may be. So Marley is a geographic thing as opposed to a person's name. I thought it was the reggae middle school and it was Bob Marley. But yeah, it's not, no. Right. no, no connection to him. <laughs> yeah, okay, good enough. So, Kim, you've been there, you've been a long time in this, in this role, okay, uh, and that's not bad for a 29 year old person, okay. So, talk to me. So, talk to me about you know if you had to just pick a moment, okay, that really you look back on all these years of being an administrator and certainly a principal, what would it be? Truly, it, it kind of goes, there's two, I would say. When I got Do to too. Marley, um, you know, again, like I said, like everything had to be investigated and changed. And so I would say about three and a half years in is where I finally felt like we were moving in the right direction in most wow. areas. Um, so it was kind of like more of a time period where I felt like, okay, there's not this negative tension and kids are – following the rules and the adults are, you know, really buying into the yeah. instructional yep. practices. Yep. So that was exciting where it just, it felt good. Um, and it a lot of times clicked. as principals, we go off of feelings because that, that dictates a lot sometimes. And then truly it goes back to what I said earlier. Um, I've had the opportunity to have five APs become principals. Um, yeah. So I, I wow. just really thrive off of developing leaders and just getting people the, you know, the skills and the feedback and the, you know, comfort level to even want to continue to extend their career in this job because it is, it is hard. It is, it like, is hard. No day is the same. It is very challenging and you have to have a, a, a mental toughness, I feel like, to be able to endure yeah. it and to do it well. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And, and you're right. It is. I'm just going to sum it up like that. It is hard. It is a, we don't do it because it's easy. You do it because it's hard. Okay. To quote, and J John Kennedy stole that line from me, by the way, just in case you didn't know that. <laughs> okay. So don't do it because it's easy. Do it because it's hard. Uh, I have a question for all three of you. And Tim, again, I'll stick with you for this one. There's a big challenge out there. 
with teacher recruitment and teacher retention. Okay, mm-hmm. it's it's brutal, and it's it, it, it's specific more to some areas like special ed. You know, math as another as another example. Uh, to just talk to me, how are we doing on that with teacher recruitment, teacher retention over at Marley Middle School? So we have been fortunate in some ways, but I, but fortunate because of a lot of hard work. Um, the yeah, yeah, I know has turned into you know we're now we're PR people for our school. We literally have to That's advertise right. what's so special about us. And um, in my opinion, the principal needs to be the one doing all of that. I can tell you when I'm in interviews, people respect that that it's not being put off to somebody else, or you know that they can have Good. me as a captured audience that they can ask the questions directly to. Um, so I, I think it's possible to, you know, continue to make your school always fully staffed, which I've been able to do the past uh, three years by just Excellent. the effort and energy. I mean, our hiring season starts officially on March 1st, but by February 1st, yeah. I already have yeah. my brochure updated for the next school year and our website, and I'm spitting out our data to all the respective, uh, you know, potential teachers. So it's a, it just, as with everything, it's a lot of intentionality and a lot of hard work to recruit the best people for your school. That's right. It sure is. That was an excellent answer. Andy, teacher retention, teacher yeah. recruitment, which is brutal everywhere, by the way. It's 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 just constant challenge out there. Talk, Andrew. Andy. Yeah, I feel like last spring we had to hire to replace three 30-plus year veterans here. Ooh. And that's just a significant loss, right? Whenever you um, have 30 years of professional experience and they're all amazing leaders in their own departments, but um, replacing and hiring, hiring practices and what we do as principals is the most important work. Who we put in front of kids is our most important work every day, every mm-hmm. year. Um, I, I think um, we've been fortunate kind of the long term um, goal is to build a teacher pipeline here that we are in our fourth or fifth year of a future teachers strand here that is running yeah. here in Brookfield from Brookfield have the kids, East. Have the kids Central. get into education? Is that what you mean? Exactly, exactly. Good. Multiple times a week they are in their grade level of choice within our district shadowing, helping, <laughs> co-teaching, Great. supporting, um, and that's a game changer. I just spoke to our first hire of that program as a Brookfield Ooh. East grad from 2018. She is now a special education teacher at Wisconsin oh. Hills Middle School, one of our two middle well, she's schools. She's going to go to heaven. Grad. All special ed teachers and, go to yeah, heaven. It, you can carry that one, yes. It's, it's amazing. So the opportunity to grow our own to address that talent pipeline you referenced, Larry, is really important. Yeah. Then the, I'd say the third piece is just building a culture where everybody feels valued, committed, connected, connected to our mission. Um, we've, we've some, like Kim mentioned, we have some huge celebrations here where annual staff data, 90% say they're empowered to make decisions that best serve their students. Like that, that's a really important statistic that we monitor and continue to monitor and seek feedback on how do we grow that, what are we doing to allow that to succeed because when the the people we put in front of kids feel empowered as a leader for kids and for teams and for systems, um, then anything's possible in that environment. Yeah, it is. What about you? Thank, thank you, Andy, and that, that was well said. I'm glad you got I'm glad you got kids thinking about educators. I always say this, if I may, Sam, before I get into you, the, uh, one of the things I always say, we always have a career fair at the high school and the fire department comes and the veterinary uh, 
clinic comes and all that. And sometimes we forget to put an educator booth up there. Okay. And, you know, and we got to do that. We got to push what we do as a profession. We need these, these kids who are interested in educating for the future. Okay. Make it happen. And I'm just glad that's working out. Sham. Okay. Talk to me. Yes. Well, yeah. well, first of all, before I um, go into that, I just want to make sure that I thank teachers. Um, and at my oh, school, I great. especially want to thank teachers for creating, you know, a unique experience for our sixth graders. They, they help to give them, you know, memories that I think that they'll keep forever. So I just want to make sure I say thank you. They're definitely That's nice. That's sweet. valued. Um, but I, I would say for me, um, my staff and our school families, I feel like they sell our school, um, and I think it has a lot to do with what Andy just brought up. It's making um, our culture into, you know, making sure we build in the value, the commitment, dedication. You know, our families feel that, our staff feels that, and I mean, they share that out in the community. They share that with, Good. you know, people that are looking to become teachers and work in schools and so a lot of times I'll get emails, you know, about opportunities where we didn't used to get things like that, but <laughs> it's out there now, you know, like yeah. I want to be a, people want to be a part of it. Um, and so I wouldn't say it's a long line, but it's it's some, you know, we get some that are seeking. I lost some is better than um, none. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we lost two teachers last year, but they wanted to move on to high school, so I would say that was mm -hmm. a preference, um, which is fine. But when I hire, I include my admin team, you know, to make sure we get the input um, from everyone. And we have things at our school like a principal advisory committee where we make sure all of our staff has a voice in improvements and, you know, how we can move forward and what's working really well. Um, and I feel like those are the kind of things that help to, you know, build the culture and bring in new people. But, yeah, it's definitely a struggle all around. But it, this year really wasn't wasn't bad at all. I can't complain. That's good. Congratulations on that because this Thanks. year is tough. Okay, Thank it really you. is. Mm -hmm. and, and the other thing I want to ask, we only have about five minutes left, but I just want to ask, I'll start with Sham here. Sham, are there good connections, and this is key, between you and the uh, the other schools, in your case, the other middle school and the high school, certainly the other middle school, and the elementary, okay? Because I remember when I was a teacher, which was a long time ago now, there, there wasn't, much, uh, wasn't much communication between, mm -hmm. uh, I, I taught middle school, so... The elementary schools and the high schools didn't even know we existed, though we're all in the same district, and it wasn't mm. that big a district, okay? Right. And it, that was mm -hmm. a problem. That was a real problem because eventually I wound up teaching high school. They had no idea what was doing at middle school, yet the middle schools are feeding them the kids, all right? Mm. It wasn't their fault. There's a disconnect. And if you can do that in a minute, Sham, just talk about yeah. the connections between the other levels. you got a minute. I'm going to ask the other two, and then we got a minute, then we're going to go. Okay, so go ahead, Sham. Sure. Um, so senior staff from my division um, promotes a lot of those relationships between the different levels. And so as a middle school, I work with the high school for tutoring, um, and we kind of let them know what's going on at the middle school level. I work with partner. I also actually have a middle school PLC where I meet with other middle school principals. Good. Good. Um, and I definitely have an open relationship with our feeder schools, and I often get invite, invited to the elementary school to kind of meet the students that are coming our way so they can start kind of building a relationship with us ahead of time. So um, senior leadership for our division is definitely promoting. Um, those type of relationships they to help to. with the transition of our students. They have to. Andy, how about over in Brookfield? Excuse me, yeah, Elmbrook. Elmbrook. Yeah. Yes, uh, 
we've really done a better job the last couple of years. I think um, our feeder middle school is Pilgrim Park Middle School, and we have the same school goal and the same two instructional strategies that are used in every classroom 6-12. So that skill alignment and that um, that language is the same, the coaching is the same, modeling is the same for reading and writing. So we're trying to create strong writers and build skilled That's readers. Great. So that alignment is crucial. And then two, I would say from a curriculum standpoint, we um, go through a K-12 curriculum development process every five years within every department, and that's K-12. So to see that sequence of learner, how a kindergarten starts and then how they end in our system is really impactful. And then to your point, Larry, the skill development trade-off at each level is um, really important to maximize the learning opportunities for all kids in our system. It it really is. Kim, how's how's the contacts with everybody? Over in Anne Arundel, uh, big yes, district, uh, by the way. We're, we are set up in clusters. So um, there, Glen Burnie High School is who I feed into, and there's another middle school who I am super close with the principal. We are always in contact. And then we have four feeder elementary schools um, that come into us. And our county is fairly large, so we're fortunate yes, where we have um, curriculums that are, you know, all well-connected and patterned and, you know, uh, spiraled. So that way we're we're just all on top of the the game. We know what the kids are have supposed to have beforehand and what's coming next. So we are all um, you know we try to be experts in all of the areas, but we rely a lot on our content and central office experts to come in and support us as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so a lot of connectivity, um, just like anything else in education, is really you know yep. we need the help. Before and then after us, so. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a, it's just it's just so important. It was lacking many years ago, and I'm glad to hear all of you say that to all three of you. You're all great principals, and obviously <laughs> one of one of one of several can 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 win the national principal of the year. But let me just say, you all deserve it. Okay, <laughs> only one award, but everybody deserves it. Okay, you're terrific at your job. And, uh, amazingly, everybody appreciates it. They may not say it all the time, but believe me, everybody appreciates the work you do. So, Sham, thank you. Good luck to the Raiders, Andrew. Good luck to the Mustangs. And, Kim, good luck to the Spartans. Am I right? Did thank I get that you. right? Did I get that right? <laughs> yes. Andy and I. Good enough. Okay, thanks, yes. all three of you. Good luck. Okay, with thank this. You, you deserve it. Thank you for thank having me. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Sham. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. That was fun. Wasn't that fun? Okay. Celebrating Principals, National Principals Month with the NASA Principal of the Year finalists. Uh, There are a few others that we could get on the show today. Whoever wins, you all deserve it. What can I say? We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. My name's Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, NASSP.org.